Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. This morning, let's take our Bibles. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, of course, if you're a part of our church, we've been in the book of Ephesians, and we're taking a break from that for the next, uh, next few weeks or so, and then we get back into the book of Ephesians. But this morning, 1 Timothy and chapter number 2 this morning, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and let's see if I can get things set up here. There we go. I want to ask you this morning, why is it that, uh, that we fail to see the importance of something until we realize we need it. Like many people in here probably don't think about the, uh, the gas tank very much until you've run out of gas. Um, <clears throat> this week we had camp and on, uh, on Monday, we, Hannah and I drove and, and we pulled her trailer uh, with all the luggage and different things in it. And we got... We got on 90 and we were heading towards, uh, you know, going towards Ellensburg and then down to Yakima. And I was about Ellensburg and we're driving along and pulling this trailer and it dawned on me. When I was working on the trailer, I took the spare tire out. And we're driving along and I said to my wife, you know, I really hope we don't need the spare tire. And she said, why? I was like, because I just realized that it is sitting in our garage and you're waiting for the pop, the, the pop in, the, uh, in the tire the entire time. I'm thankful to tell you it didn't come. But the thought occurred to me, like if we, if we hit a flat tire, like I'm, I'm, I'm calling Dustin Geidel. I'm calling Brian Thomas. I'm like, hey, I'm in Yakima and you need to bring me my spare tire. You know what? There are times in our life that we run out of something, but we don't even realize that we need it until it's absolutely important. Think about a power outage. Many of us, I mean, this morning when you got up at home or when you uh, got, got up and turned the lights on, you turned them on, you ladies got ready, you men tried. <laughs> Man, you got ready, you turned those lights on, but have you ever gone and gone to flip the switch and it doesn't turn on? And during, I mean, the, the week leading up to it, you don't think about the electricity and think about how much you need it until it's absolutely necessary. I mean, your, your car starting, many of us don't think about the car turning over. We don't think about those things until we absolutely need it. I can remember years ago, I really didn't think about the importance of having cash, carrying cash. You know, we've gone to this cashless society and Many years ago, Hannah and I, we were uh, in Spokane and we were eating at a restaurant. We were there getting a bite to eat. And as we were uh, getting ready to leave, I got my card out to pay. And they said, oh, we're sorry. Our, the, uh, the cards, you know, we can't run cards right now. It's only cash. And I was like, ah, well, I don't, I don't have anything. And they said, well, there's an ATM right around the corner. I said, okay. And so I went to the ATM and the ATM was broken. There was a bank a block away. So I walked to the bank. That bank branch had just closed. I'm not lying. We were walking through and I'm Hannah's sitting at the restaurant, probably sweating. The manager's there like, come on, people pay your bill, you know? And, 
And I remember that I, I came back and I, I mean, I'm walking those three blocks back after having gone to the ATM and the bank. And I'm thinking like, what am I going to tell this guy? Like, I'll tell him, you know, I'm a pastor, but that's probably not going to go over too well. And I remember I walked in and I said to the guy, he was, he, you know, had gone back to the back and I'm, Hey, can I meet with the manager? He came out and, and I just looked at him and he just looked right at me and he was like, you're not paying for your meal, are you? And I, I just looked at him and said, sir, like the ATM's broken, the bank's closed. I can leave and go find a bank and get money and come back. And he's, he just looked and he was like, yeah, whatever, you're not coming back. And I was like, I promise you. I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I promise I'll bring the money back. And he was just like, honestly, don't worry about it. It's okay. It was only 15 or $17. This is, of course, pre-inflation. And he, uh, you know, now it'd be like, all right, that's $125. And you're like, I just got a sandwich, you know, but uh, I remember he was, he was so gracious and so kind, but you know what? I didn't think about the importance of carrying cash until I absolutely needed it. We all probably have those stories and those situations in our life when we don't think about the importance of something until we need it. As we come to 1 Timothy chapter number two, the book of Timothy is a letter. It's a letter written by a man by the name of Paul. Uh, If you know the story, if you know any stories about Paul in the Bible, uh, Paul was once a great persecutor of the church and of believers. His name was Saul of Tarsus, and he was one that was going around and arresting uh, people who were followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, and he was throwing them in jail, and some of them he was having executed. But then one day, God changed Saul's life. And Saul put his faith and his trust in Jesus Christ alone, not in his works, not in his religion. Remember, that was, if you know the story of Paul in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter number eight and nine, uh, Paul's claim to fame was his religion. Well, I'm religious, and God, look at all these things I'm doing for you. And, And God said to Paul, Paul, you are just kicking. You are kicking against the prodding in your heart that you need Jesus Christ. And Paul humbled his heart. And he received Jesus Christ into his life. And then God would use Paul to go start a number of churches and reach a number of people. One of those people that Paul reached was this young man by the name of Timothy. And God, God would use Paul and God would use Timothy to start a number of churches. And so fast forward about 25 or 30 years. And Paul, he's facing trial before Nero, perhaps going to give his life simply for being a Christian. And he writes a letter to this young man, Timothy, desiring to just encourage him and help him. And one of the areas that Paul wants to help Timothy in is an area that I think every single Christian needs help in. Because it's an area that we often don't think of how important it is until we absolutely need it. But Paul reminded Timothy, I want to encourage you to think about it before it's absolutely needed. And what's that area? It's the area of prayer. The area of prayer. You know that most people, most people, if we're honest, we would admit You know, I don't pray like I should. 
What is prayer? It's that conversation with God, bringing requests and and thanksgiving and worship and praise. It's just that communication to God. Many of us, if we were honest, we would admit, and I would be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know, I don't pray as much as I should. I don't communicate with God as much as I should. And, And so Paul, as he writes this letter to Timothy, one of two letters that he would write to him, really right toward the beginning, Paul says to Timothy, Don't wait until prayer is absolutely a necessity. No, begin with prayer. This is the challenge that I want us to receive this morning. And so take your Bible, if you would, and let's look at 1 Timothy chapter number two, and let's stand together. 1 Timothy chapter two, and we're going to read just the first three verses. As we get started this morning of 1 Timothy chapter number two, we read these words from Paul to Timothy. I exhort, therefore, I greatly encourage that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for or because this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Paul writes to Timothy, I exhort therefore that first of all, hey, one of the first things, Timothy, that you should do in life, in your day, in your week, one of the first things, Timothy, is remember to go to God in prayer. This morning, we're going to look at this idea of our dependence upon God through the avenue of prayer. And I want to challenge you today just with this simple thought. Don't wait and make God a last resort. Instead, God should be our first resource. Don't wait and pray when it's absolutely necessary. No, instead, we should start with prayer. That's what we're going to be challenged with today. And so let's pray very quickly. Ask God for the blessing upon the preaching And then we'll get into the passage today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you just take a a minute and in the quietness of your own heart, would you pray and would you ask God to speak to you? You can pray something simple. Dear God, please speak to me. And then would you just make a commitment that God, if you speak to me, I'm listening to you today. Dear Lord, we come before you and we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the opportunity to come before you today. And Lord, I pray that as we open up the word of God, that you would use it to speak to us, that you would challenge each each one of us. Father, that you would help meet the needs of every heart that is here. And God, we love you. We thank you for your love. And we pray that you'd bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we come to 1 Timothy chapter 2, there's just a few simple thoughts that I want to bring out from this passage. The first one I want us to understand today is Paul mentioning the importance of prayer, the importance of prayer. We see that in that first verse. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and the giving of thanks be made for all men. 
what is, what is Paul saying to Timothy? Well, the challenge is very easy to catch on to. I, I strongly urge you, I strongly exhort or encourage, or I strongly challenge you to make prayer a priority. The word or the, the phrase, first of all, indicates that prayer should be, you ready for this? It's a really hard definition. First. The Greek word first of all there, it means first of all. It should be first in your life. It should be a, a priority in your life. And it's sad to me how many believers and how many followers of God and how many uh, churches have lost the, uh, the priority of prayer. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday. Of course, many of you know I serve as a chaplain for the sheriff's office, but the gentleman that got me started as a chaplain over in Lakewood, him and I still stay in touch, and he's uh, in his, uh, um, I think, mid-70s, mid mid to late 70s. His name is Alvy. He called me, and he said, hey, I'm driving through town. Let's get a coffee. And so I met him yesterday for a cup of coffee, and we were talking, and he said, Dennis, I was just at this, uh, this meeting of churches. He was like, and you want to know something new that they're introducing I was like, what's that? He said, dinner church. And I said, well, what's dinner church? He was like, my thoughts exactly. And I was like, well, what's dinner church? He was like, well, and he began to describe this thing called dinner church and of where uh, putting on a meal and then not really having church, just having a big fellowship. And, and I was like, well, I'm a Baptist. That's totally fine, man. I mean, we eat and you know, do that all the time. And we were joking, but he said, no. He said, you know what churches are doing right now? He said, churches are, and this is from a friend that I've had for years. He said, Dennis, churches are missing prayer. He didn't know, he didn't know what I was preaching on today. He didn't know that that was already on my mind and on my heart. But man, it's interesting to me that so many churches and so many Christians, we don't place an importance upon our prayer, upon our conversation with God. And Paul says to spend prayer with God. And that first of all, it indicates that prayer should be a priority in the life of a believer. And then he kind of describes what should be in our prayer. Now, again, this is, an, an, this is not an extensive message that Paul gives in prayer. It's just kind of the reminder, hey, don't wait until you absolutely need something. No, first of all, go to God. What should we go to God for? Well, there's that word supplications. The word supplications there, it means to offer a request for a felt need. You know what our prayer should have in it? It should have our needs before God. Man, aren't you thankful? Many of you that were here last week, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, Pastor Paul Connor uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia speak, and he brought that verse out of First uh, Peter chapter five and verse number seven, where it says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And that word care, your anxieties, casting your anxieties and your needs on the Lord, because he has, he has a deep, deep heart care for you. Man, I'm so thankful today that we have a God that wants to hear our needs. Some of you right now, you could think off the top of your head of, of some need that you have in your life. Hey, first of all, we should be taking our needs to the Lord. What is that? That's our supplication, offering a request for a felt need. Then he says we should offer prayers. The wording that's used for this word prayers right here, it means verbalized worship or expressed worship. Worship means to ascribe worth to. You know what should be in our prayer is ascribing worth to God. Hey, let me ask you this morning, when's the last time that you told God how much he means in your life? I think the needs part, we probably get down. 
you know, praying our needs. We do that a lot, don't we? Usually it's kind of an emergency. Remember being that, those of you that maybe uh, were believers when you were kids or something and you're about to take that test that you didn't study for? God, I need to pass this test. You pray that, I remember that in college plenty of times. That was about every test that I had. I just didn't study very much. But anyway, you're like, Pastor, we can tell. It's okay. Uh, you know what, man, I remember those needs. Emergencies come up, we take those to God. I, I know that, but that we probably uh, uh, send out our needs to the Lord often, but when's the last time that you just ascribed worth to God? Hey, God, here's what you mean to me. Here's what you're worth to me. God, here's what I wanna praise you and worship you for. There's those prayers that should be, this is emphasizing the sacredness of worship in prayer and putting emphasis upon verbally expressing what God is and what God means to us. So Paul is writing to Timothy, and again, not extensive, he just says, hey, I wanna encourage you to pray, and, and here's what you should pray for, man. Remember to take your needs to God. Remember to bring your worship before God. And then he uses the word intercessions. <clears throat> intercessions, the word intercession, it means supplication, that word requesting a need, on behalf of others. Do you see it? That first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, that phrase to go to God, to intercede for other people. I won't ask this morning, but no doubt many of us in here, we would raise our hand to the question, do you want someone praying for you? Man, everybody, our hands would go up. I read a quote yesterday, uh, someone once asked an old preacher, C.H. Spurgeon, who was a famous preacher of years gone by, someone asked him, I mean, his church ran thousands, and someone said to him, uh, why do you think your church is, is you know, so uh, filled with God, and why do you think people are coming? And Charles Spurgeon said, because there are people that pray, and specifically there are people that pray for me as their pastor. Man, I just sat there and I thought of some of you that have said to me, man, Pastor Dennis, we're praying for you. Every one of us, we could raise our hand. I want somebody praying for me. Hey, if I want someone praying for me, I should be willing to pray for others. You know, sometimes our selfishness comes out, doesn't it? We, we want all the prayer, but we're not willing to just go to God on behalf of others. I'm reminded of what uh, Tom Dent said this morning, just in the fact that we may not agree with uh, multitudes of people. You may not see eye to eye with people, but you can still pray for folks. And it's not praying, God, I just wish you'd strike them. You know, God, that guy's an idiot. Just strike him down, you know. That's not, that's not what he's talking about. No, interceding is praying for the needs, the felt needs, that supplication, it's there. It's praying for their felt needs. So Paul says there should be supplication, there should be prayers, that verbalized worship, there should be interceding, and then also he says there should be the giving of thanks. What is the giving of thanks? That is actively speaking gratitude. And while it is part of, of worship, and while it is a part of prayer, it's actively saying to God, God, thank you for these things. Hey, gratitude goes a long way, doesn't it? We as parents, those of you that are parents, uh, you'll teach your kids, hey, gratitude goes a long way. You know what? Gratitude goes a long way with God, your heavenly father. 
And Paul is challenging. He's saying, hey, first of all, go to God in prayer and, and make sure that you have uh, a supplication. Give God your needs. Give God those prayers, those verbalized worship. Man, pray for other people, but don't forget. Don't forget the giving of thanks. Hey, giving of thanks should be part of our prayer. Thanksgiving should be an important ingredient in all of our prayers. And Paul says to Timothy basically this morning, hey, don't forget about the importance, the priority of prayer. You know, there's so much in scripture that we could talk about regarding prayer. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know what? When a believer spends time praying and talking with God, God promises to bring peace in your life. In Matthew chapter number 11, every single person, we are searching for that peace within our heart, that rest within the soul. And God says to the believer, man, once you receive me, keep coming to me, not because you can lose your salvation. No, 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 no. Keep coming to me because I will meet the needs of your life. I will meet the peace that you're needed, that you need within your heart. Paul wrote about prayer to so many different people. And to Timothy, he says, hey, first of all, remember the importance of prayer. You know, prayer was important to Jesus. He was 100% God and yet 100% man. Jesus was God in the flesh. He took upon the form of, of man, Philippians tells us, and yet he knew the importance of prayer. Mark, or Luke, excuse me, Mark chapter one, verse number 35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Why would Jesus do that? He's trying to set forward an example to us. Hey, put a priority upon prayer. Jesus taught about prioritizing prayer. Luke chapter 18 and verse number one, he spoke to them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Prayer was important for the early believers. Acts chapter two and verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. You say, pastor, what's the main thought of, about this today? It's just simply the fact that there should be a priority for prayer in our life. I said it at the beginning and I'll say it here and also at the end, but God should not be our last resort. Instead, he should be our first resource. I don't know about you, but there's so many times in my life I don't really think about how much I need God until I'm in that moment and in that crisis when I'm absolutely saying, God, I need you. And, and yes, yes, God hears us during those emergency times, doesn't he? And aren't you thankful that God does hear us during our emergencies? And I'm so grateful that God hears us at those times, but we need to be reminded today, we need to be reminded that God not only wants to hear us at those emergency times, man, we should seek him first. Hey, God should not be our last resort. Instead, he should be our first resource. Verse number eight of First Timothy two, Paul says, "I will therefore that men everywhere, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting." He later speaks to prayer, just saying, "Hey, you should be on good terms with God. Just have this open communication." We know that he wrote to the church at Thessalonica, "Pray without ceasing." There should be a there's an importance upon prayer, but I want you to see secondly today, not only the importance of, of prayer. But I want you to see his challenge to pray for those in leadership. 
Today's our All-American Sunday, and we have our first responders and military and elected officials and appointed officials uh, with us today. But notice what Paul says when he says in verse number one and two, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Do you see that at the end of verse number one? Hey, you should be praying for everybody. That, that, uh, um, the phrase for all men connects with the word intercession. So we should be praying for everybody. But then verse number two, notice what he says. He says specifically for kings and for all that are in authority. Praying for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Praying for those in authority. Paul says, hey, pray for everyone, but specifically pray for those in leadership. Now, <clears throat> here's what's interesting to me. If you know the Bible, if you've been in, in a church for any length of time or have done any study of history, do you know who was ruling when Paul wrote 1 Timothy, if you know history or if you've studied it out, you'll probably know the name Nero, Emperor Nero. Nero was ruling at this time. Nero is responsible. They say this, a quote, the godless Emperor Nero was responsible for the deaths of thousands of Christians. Nero, the the one who helped with the gladiator games and the one who helped with the extermination of, of Christians after the great fire in Rome in uh, 72 AD. I mean, you could go and you can find so many things about Nero during those years, about the blaming that Nero gave to the Christians. And yet, it's interesting to me. I mean, here's a man literally that was hunting Christians down. And Paul says, Pray for him. Pray for him. That would be equivalent. Listen, that'd be equivalent to someone getting up when Hitler was on a rampage and one of those Jewish believers to get up and say, hey, listen, you know what we should do? Let's just pray for him. Hey, let's pray for him. If somebody did that, you'd be like, pray for him. Man, somebody take him out. You know, somebody do something. And no doubt, Paul wrote this to some people who perhaps had a little bit of resistance. Because if we're all honest, let's think about it this morning. Do you really like to pray for people who don't like you? Everybody's kind of like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. No eye contact. Don't, if, he, if he doesn't make eye contact, he will, he'll go away, you know. Listen, the truth is, I was just gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story anyway. This has nothing to do with the message. On Friday, we were sitting at a um, little uh, coffee shop in Goldendale, and this guy came in that apparently had been on drugs, and anybody he made eye, eye contact with, he was like walking to their table. So if you looked at him, he was like, look at my arm. Do you see that? That's an implant. The government is after me. He was doing it the entire time. Eventually, the cops came and shooed him away, but... I had that in my mind when I said, don't make eye contact. Anyway, <laughs> that shows you where all of the rabbit trails go in my head. Now, listen, in your life and in my life, I can't tell you how many times that I've been convicted to pray for somebody I didn't like and I resisted it. 
Because really, really, people that are rude to you, people that are short with you, I mean, can you imagine being hunted for your life? And yet Paul is saying, pray for your leadership. Listen, if Paul would say that to them for their leadership, no doubt the encouragement can come to us for our leadership. And whether there is a Democrat in office or a Republican in office or an independent in office or whatever office you wanna talk about, every single person in leadership needs our prayer. I echo what Congressman Newhouse said a few minutes ago when he said, please pray for us. Hey, you know what our leadership need? They need us to pray for them. Our leaders need prayer in our country. It needs prayer. And the challenge from Paul is, hey, pray for your leadership that you as a believer can lead a quiet and a peaceable life. That, that refers to a peace and a quiet in, in life. It refers to not, uh, not only circumstances around us, but it kind of a, a calm attitude within us. The early church, they were always subject to persecution and to opposition, and yet Paul says to them, hey, pray for your leadership. Why? Because how they lead affects how you live. How they lead affects how you live, and so I should be praying for them. I mean, think about peace and quiet. Doesn't that sound nice? Peace and quiet, it doesn't just refer to that time between your, your bedtime and the kid's bedtime. That's what young parents think. Those of you with young kids in the home, you're like, our peace and quiet, it's from like eight o'clock till 10 o'clock. That's the peace and quiet in the day. That's not the peace and quiet that he's talking about. No, Paul is basically writing to Timothy, hey, pray for your leadership so that you as a Christian can live your life for God and it can be peaceable and it can be quiet. It's not tumultuous and that's the times that they were living in. Pray for our leadership this morning, I can't help but be challenged in my own heart to pray for our leadership. We set aside, those of you that are a part of our church, we set aside All-American Sunday every year. And this, it's become kind of a staple. There's some that have said to me, man, Pastor, All-American Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I love this Sunday. Uh, not only because of the gratitude that we get to show for living in a free country. I appreciate that video that, that Brian got for us this morning, just celebrating our freedom and comparing it to the freedom we have in Christ. And no doubt there is this degree of, of gratitude, we try to put it around July 4th every year, Independence Day, just a week away from tomorrow, and we just praise the Lord for the freedom we have in our country, but you know what? We have today set aside so that our leaders can come in and our elected officials locally and, and uh, uh, those that serve in any elected office and let them know, hey, we pray for you. We pray for you, and we should. When's the last time you prayed, <coughs> excuse me, for our leadership. I mean, when's the last time you prayed for President Biden? When's the last time you prayed for Vice President Harris? When's the last time you prayed for Governor Jay Inslee or Senator Patty Murray or Maria Cantwell or Congressman Dan Newhouse or Judy Warnock or Tom Dan, Alex Shibara, Dean Hankins? When's the last time you prayed for all of those on our city council and school board and our first responders and our chief of police and our sheriff? When's, uh, really, we could go down the line and name all of them. When is the last time that you just prayed? You say, well, pastor, what do we pray for? Well, what do we pray for? I would, I would venture to say our leadership, you know what they need? 
And they're, they're here this morning and hopefully uh, uh, they would say the same thing. But you know what I pray for when I pray for our leadership every time? I pray, number one, God, would you help them to know you? God, help our leaders to know who you are. And God, help them not only to know you, help them to follow you. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want, I don't want man leading our country. I don't want man leading our family. I want God doing it. And so I pray, God, help them to know you, help them to follow you. God, help them to seek you. God, help them not to make decisions without pursuing you. I pray for their families. Can I tell you this morning that all of our elected officials here and all of our first responders here, uh, man, I, I, I pray so much for our first responders because they face so much backlash, especially those in law enforcement in our community. But you know what they have? You know what, fa- you know what law enforcement have? They have a family just like you have a family. You know what our our elected officials have? They have a family just like you have and they have marriage struggles just like you have and they have tension with their kids just like you have and they have frustrations with relationships and their friends and they have people die in their family and they have lost life in, in their friendships. I mean, really, it could go down the line, yet we think sometimes, well, all they deal with is the public. No, imagine your life And then you being put on some sort of a pedestal and everybody coming to you and complaining about life. Now, I understand to some degree, some form of that because of leadership being a pastor. And now my wife and I, you've heard this. We we don't have arguments. We don't ever fight. We just have heated discussions. I'm kidding. You know what my wife and I have? Well, it's mainly me. I'll I'll take the blame for this. And you know what? We have struggles. My kids, they're, um, I know this is hard for them to hear, but they're not perfect. <laughs> you know what? I, I have uh, uh, things going on in my life. And then on top of that, as a pastor dealing with people. So I know, I think on a small scale of what many of our elected officials and first responders go through, you know what they need? They need us praying for them. Man, God help them. I think any of us, we'd pick up our phone and complain to them. Hey, I got a question. Why is it? And we just let them have it. When's the last time you picked up your phone or sent a message and you just simply said to that elected official, hey, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I just want to tell you I'm praying for you. And it's not, hey, I'm praying for you that you'd get it together because you've, you know. No, it's literally just, I'm just praying for you. Man, what an encouragement that would be that we would just pray for our leadership. Paul, he's writing and he says, hey, I wanna remind you, prayer is important. I wanna remind you to pray for your leadership. But lastly today, and don't miss this, Paul helps him understand that our prayer, it is valuable to God. Look at the verse. First Timothy chapter two and verse number three, it says this, for this praying that first of all for supplication, prayer, and intercession, and giving and thanks, and praying for all men and for those in leadership, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Do you know what that means? It means that your prayer, it is valuable, and it is beautiful to God. Prayer is valuable, and it is beautiful to God. Our prayer is precious to the Lord. Certainly, prayer in and of, in of 
in itself is a good practice and beneficial. But the biggest benefit is this, that it's valuable, it's precious to God. And every parent can connect with this. Really, every single one of us can connect with this. I mean, how do you feel? How does it make you feel when somebody in your life genuinely wants to spend time with you? Like, guys, how's it feel when you come home from work and your wife says, hey, we're going out for dinner tonight? Ladies, how's it feel when your husband comes home from work and he says, hey, put everything away. I, I got a babysitter. I'm taking some of you are like, I don't know how that would feel. He's never done that. Men, try it. <clears throat> Listen, how's it feel, parents, when your kids come to you and they just say, hey, I got a question. You got, you got a few minutes we could just talk? Man, I'll tell you, uh, my, I, I love when our kids do that. And there's been times and there's, of course, there's phases when they don't do that. But we all know, we all know what it's like to feel valued by somebody when they want to spend time with us. When you have a friend call you up and say, hey, let's meet up for a cup of coffee. Or you have someone call you and say, hey, you guys want to come over for lunch? Or we're going, on, we're going to the lake today. Do you guys want to go with us? Whatever it is, we've all had that in our life at one time or another. Somebody want to spend time with us. Listen. And here's you have the God of heaven. You have the God who created everything. You have the God uh, who gave his life, Jesus Christ, giving his life to die upon the cross so that you and I could have forgiveness of our sin and not have to work our way to heaven. No religion can bring a relationship with God. No, that same God who did all of that, he says to you, he says to you as an individual, when you spend time with me, it's beautiful. It is valuable. It is precious to me. And yet, if you're like me, there's times in my life I forget about it until it's absolutely needed. <laughs> until I'm in that pickle. You know, until I'm in that situation that I'm just like, man, I need something. Oh yeah, hey God, no, listen, God's time with you, it is precious to him. It is valuable to him. And God does not want us to simply pray, simply to pray so that he can give us something to do. No, he wants us to pray because he values you. He values your life. He values your circumstances. He wants you to pray because he enjoys you as an individual. He wants you to pray because he wants you and I to recognize I can be dependent upon God. I do not have to carry the weight or anxieties in this world. No, no, no. I can give it all to God and I can leave it there. He wants us to pray so that we can remember how important he is and deepen our relationship with him because we are precious to God. It is acceptable, it is agreeable, it is pleasing to the Lord for his children to spend time with him. And so this morning, as we take time to show gratitude for our nation and our freedom, as we take time to, to thank those that serve let us be reminded that what your family needs and what our nation needs is not more legislation. Even though I will publicly say I absolutely praise God for the overturning of Roe v. Wade this week. Now, Washington State, that doesn't affect us very much, but it affects our nation. And I praise God for it. And you have questions about it, I'd love to talk with you about it and what it means. But listen, 
There can be decisions made by Congress, Senate, or the Supreme Court, or the president himself. But you know what this country needs? We need some Christians and some followers of God to say, I'm just gonna start seeking God again. I'm gonna go back to the first of all. I'm not gonna wait to make God a last resort. Instead, I'm gonna put priority upon making him the first resource. And so if you're here this morning or you're with us online and you, you know Jesus Christ is in your life, you've received him as your savior, I would encourage you to make a decision today. God, would you help me to put a priority upon prayer? God, help me to pray for people. Help me to lift my request to you and give thanks. Help me to pray for our leadership and to pray for our nation. God, help me not to neglect prayer. I hope that'd be the decision that you'd make today. But maybe you're here this morning and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your savior. I would ask everyone that simple question. Have you received Jesus Christ into your life? I'm not asking if you go to church, if you're religious, if you're a good person, if you've been baptized. Listen, no religion is from the Bible. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The way that you and I have a relationship with God is not by the service that we give him. It is not by the works that we do. It is not by what church we go to or what religion we are. You can attend a Baptist church, a Catholic church, a Presbyterian church, or whatever kind of church, and that can be your claim to fame. But the only way that we have a relationship with God is if we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin and come into our life and save us. It is him alone. It is not Jesus plus anything. It is Jesus alone. And if you're here this morning, maybe you're with us online and you don't know that heaven is where you would spend eternity. Listen, God desires to hear from you, but the first prayer that he wants to hear from you is that prayer of receiving. God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and be my savior. I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. God wants you, if you don't know Christ as your savior, he wants you to start a relationship with him today. I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. We're gonna come to a time, it's called an invitation, where we are invited to respond to God. Some, you can respond right there at your chair, or some might even wanna pray here in the front. But before we pray, I just wanna ask two simple questions. The first question is this. Are you 100% sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven? No one looking around, just our heads bowed and eyes closed. This is just between you and the Lord. Are you 100% sure if you died today that you'd go to heaven? If you're here this morning, you'd say, Pastor, I know, I know for sure that if I died today, I'm going to heaven. I know it. I just wanna praise God for you. Maybe you'd put your hand up as a testimony. Pastor, I know that. Just write up and write back down. Pastor, I know it. If that's you today, you know for certain you're going to heaven. Would you make the decision today that you'd put priority on prayer? Would that be the decision you'd make today? God, help me to remember the importance of prayer. 
Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.